Hey there, skips and skipperettes from all across the wild and untamed electronic wasteland known as Internet Land. And welcome back to Tales from the Jungle Cruise. So uh, it looks like we're back onto an every other week schedule for the foreseeable future. We've got a lot of great stuff planned for the whole spring and summer, and I'm really excited about our guest lineup for the next few months. Now, first of all, I know there are a lot of Disney podcasts. You know, frankly, I could... I could do a full weekly podcast where all I do is just review other Disney podcasts. Really, there's a lot of them. Uh, I just wanted to give a shout out to one of those podcasts who's been a big supporter of the Jungle Cruise, and that is the Sweep Spot podcast. Uh, just as we give the jungle perspective, Lynn gives his perspectives and interviews from the viewpoint of the custodial cast members. He also gets a lot more into the Disney history and the current events of what's happening at the park. He's over on Stitcher, iTunes, and uh, you can find him just by searching Sweep Spot Podcast on Google. Uh, they're nice guys, and they have been great in supporting us, so I wanted just to give them a shout out and thank them. So what else is new in the world of the jungle? Well, this interview is the second part of a three-part taping that we did in March at a big gathering of 80s cast members. Uh, we got to share stories, take pictures, and watch a lot of great cast videos, including the elusive Jungle Cruise movie. Uh, we talked about the banana ball, and there was a lot of great recanting of uh, days gone by. Now, in this episode, skippers Jim Vest and Jerry Whitfield sit down with us, and we chat about their time with Disneyland. Both guys had a very long association with the parks, and my natural curiosity led us down the Disney history path uh, for the first half of the interview, but we get back to stories about bubbles on the river and other skipper hilarity as the interview goes on. You know, it's, it's always a really hard balance for me because uh, everyone has their stories to tell, but I get curious about some of the serious stuff. I am genuinely no Walter Cronkite, or as the younger kids would say, I'm, I'm genuinely no Wolf Blitzer. Wait, is that too old even? Uh, Anderson Cooper? Wait, I am genuinely not even Carson Daly. Anyway, pardon the ramblings of a retired skipper who genuinely loves hearing the stories of his fellow skippers. These guys were great to chat with, and I really hope we'll find more time to get deeper into their stories. Now, as always, catch us on Facebook at facebook.com slash junglecruise, C-R-E-W-S, and over at our website, junglecruise.podbean.com. Now, if you are or uh, you know a Jungle Cruise skipper who might want to be on the podcast, you can also drop us a line, junglecruise, C-R-E-W-S, at gmail.com. Uh, thanks, everyone. We'll see you in two weeks, and kungaloosh. of the gather at uh, Club Mez and uh, if you listen to the last episode you know that I sent uh, Skipper Ed and Skipper Dave out to go and find two uh, new people to have sit down with us here and talk about their time on the Jungle Cruise and as I promised I'm going to let uh, Skipper Dave and Skipper Ed do the introductions here okay th um, this is this is Dave Champagne. I'm going to introduce someone with whom I worked in. What summer was that? 83, 84. It was 83? No, it wasn't. Okay. I go back as far as 1980, boy. 
But 83-84, uh, this is Mr. Jim Vest, who worked on the Jungle Cruise in the summer of 1983, 1980, I started in 81. Yeah. 1981, okay, so we went back there. And this is uh, Jim Vest, thank you very much for joining us here on the show. <laughs> and uh, this is Skipper Ed from the last episode. I'd like to introduce one of my colleagues, who also started in the summer of 81, uh, Mr. Jerry Whitfield. Perhaps one of the great archivists of all great oh, things yeah, yeah. from the West Side. Currently, it's easy to say when we have drinks in our hands. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like it's easier. Well, seen me before I had a drink. When you say archivist, do you mean he stole a lot of stuff? Um, I, mean, I didn't want to to that part, but in terms of capturing all the oh, great capturing the moments of yeah. the West Side, capturing uh, great moments. Yeah, well, we Jerry has created a great <laughs> memory trope. But, so I'm going to bring you into a little bit. He did steal a lot of stuff. Right. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> all right. So okay. um, yeah, mom, well, um, I hope well, you're not hearing this. <laughs> it's all right. She. Uh, we, we don't find a lot of people's moms listen to podcasts. It's just one of those. Things. No. Welcome, guys. Uh, we, we had a, about an hour chatting with, uh, with Ed and Dave about their, their adventures. Look, look, look uh, you get the equivalent of two trips around the jungle with me, and then I'm done. Okay? <laughs> you know? But they can't do an hour without a break. Well, no, no. Are you well, kidding me? <laughs> first, of all, first of all, if you have performance problems, they make a little blue pill that can help with that. Yeah, yeah. That's not and, that kind of performance. Yeah. No. And no, secondly, Jim's like, no. no. <laughs> Two trips, maybe three, and then we're I, taking a lunch, okay? The, the way I look at it is, is, you know, 20, 30 minutes, because here's the thing is, have you ever met Ed? And if so, um, have you ever heard him not talk? Because no. much as I, I like Ed, no. he definitely is verbose. He can talk and he can like, they, yes. they, uh-huh. they both are. Uh, yes. So um, I guess one of the things we always like to, to start, uh, when did you start with, uh, with the House of Mouse, with... Uh, uh, with Disney. When did you come on board? Both of us came on the same time. We both started in '81. In '81. And so, uh, that was it. Were you uh, doing college at the time, or was it uh, second? Uh, what was college. It? college. College. Yep. Yeah. I was at USC, and um, I had several friends who worked at the park, and they said, "Well, she was a girl." <laughs> she said, "Oh, why don't you come down and, yeah. and work at Disneyland? It'd be fun." A lot of us did things yes. because of that. Uh, and I said, "Okay, that's <laughs> <laughs> great." Yeah. It um, yeah, it's amazing how uh, the fairer sex tempts us into things that we later. Uh, oh no! You know what? It was the best thing that ever happened to me in my life. Yeah. No. Yeah. yeah. No. And, and working, I, I tell people, you know, when you're uh, graduating high school and you have no clue to do with your life, take a year and go work at Disneyland because it will change. You mm-hmm. know, it will change everything. Mm-hmm. You, <laughs> Fifteen years later, what? I'm still here. Yeah. <laughs> So, so you guys came on in 81. How long did you stay working for their... Uh, for, you know, it's so funny, because when I was there, it, now they call it the Disneyland Resort. How long were you working at the park? It's 14 and a half for me, and uh, oh, but then I stayed on as a C for like three years when I was still working, when I took the new job. So yeah. it was a while for me. So you were, you were in mid-95, 96? Yeah, I, I left the park officially in 96 as a full-time yeah, but I think I stayed on. I was still on the books with broadcast services until about two thousand one. Right. So now you were uh, you uh, attractions. What did you? Uh, where did you transition from attractions? I, I started an attractions host. I went through the management training program, and then I worked for uh, broadcast services for a while. Uh, you know, I started in operations. You know, TSA, and I yeah. came back down to attractions. Went to broadcast services. Came back. You know, did that TSA back yeah, and forth. Yeah, bouncing back and forth. Mm-hmm. Right. And then, Jim, uh, were you from Attractions? What was your... Yeah, I started in... Uh, my first time was uh, Christmas of 1981. And then um, I left around uh, 95. And then I came back in 88, till 95. And then um, 
at that point, I transferred over into, um, gosh, what do they call it, PR or something, and it was part of Cast TV, yeah, okay, working with that. Tom Mass. And then, um, and I'm still, I still work at the park uh, from time to time for broadcast services. I'm out, I'm a camera guy, sometimes I'm a field producer. And, okay, yeah, because you're into so, video production. Yes, video your, production. Your yeah, that's what both of us. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's interesting, I, you're probably, when you were doing the TSA and doing the management training, all that, uh, did, did you ever oversee attractions, or yeah. were you? Well, New Orleans Critter Country. Okay, so it's, it's, I think you're probably the first um, ex-manager that we've had on talking about what it's like to kind of supervise the cast in their day-to-day roles. Because that's something we've never really touched on before is, is what it, you know, when you go from being a day-to-day cast member and all that, and then you're in a, uh, in a role with a lot more legal responsibility and all that stuff, you know, was it a hard transition from you for you, or did you still feel like this is where I came from so I have an understanding of it? I mean, what was that transition from it cast member? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I wanna, you know, just so much for diplomacy, right? It, no, it was it was not fun at all. Because uh, keep in mind, when when I did it, it was we still had that general management philosophy thing going on. Whereas I'd been in attraction with Jim and all these guys, and we mm-hmm. we'd hung out, and that's what we knew attractions. Mm-hmm. But at that time, when you first became a supervisor, they put you anywhere. So my first assignment was Adventureland Restaurant. Yeah. So, they still do that. They don't yeah. keep you in the area that you, you started from. And yeah. It's a couple rotations to have a feel for other areas of the business model yeah. before you get into it. So, yeah, so you, you went to restaurants. I mean, it's, And then from there, I, that's when I got to go to New Orleans Attractions because at the time, a guy named Bob Rambo, he yep. was the area yep. stage of uh, New Orleans Attractions. And then they had somebody leave or something happened, so he just moved me straight over because yeah. it was an easy transition. But, um, you know, I did that for a while, and then I moved back to Critter Country restaurants after that. Yeah. So. so now, did you, find, um, did you find that you had uh, to walk that line between, like, sympathy and management, you know, with, with understanding what happens, but you have to toe the line? Or how was the actual management process for you working with the cats? Well, I was really good at the sympathy part, but the... <laughs> <laughs> Not so much enforcing Not the... Not so much enforcing the, the rules, um, but it was a different time. Yeah. You know, I mean, um, even as a supervisor, you know, we all had the radios in our ears at the time, and you were subject to say or hear anything, you know, but... Yeah, but I think it, it also, was, you, know, you know, if I recall, if you came out of attractions and you were in a supervisor, you didn't get a lot of guff. They wanted you to do well, so they kind yeah. of helped you out. They, yeah. You didn't get a lot of people fighting against you. Every once in a while you did, but... So it, was, it, was it more if, if someone came out of restaurants and was, you know, overseeing an attractions, that was a, a tougher fit? Well, I don't think it's that so much. It's, it's the guest end of it. You yeah. know, you're kind of the end of the line when it comes to the guest complaints and those sort of things. So if a, if a guest has an issue, you know, I was the one that had to deal with it. Yeah. And, uh, you know, the guests say some pretty pretty mean things. And, you know, usually our solution at the time was, uh, you know, give them a backdoor pass or take them in, you know, on the back of Big Thunder or give them a, you know, something like that. Yeah, just placate them. Yeah, but, uh, um, but generally it wasn't set up where... We would get on the radio and call Ops One and say, "You come deal with this guest." You know, we never did that. I had to deal with the guest. Yeah. And uh, and that was you know that was some of the, the stuff that I really didn't didn't like. And then restaurants, it was worse because you know it was it was generally people who were pissed off about what they, what they were eating and how much they paid for it or yeah. you know, sort of things. There, there, yeah. There's already because yeah. of the price. There's already an assumption of difficulty for that situation. Yeah. Right. But uh, um, then you know, the the good times were. Where when I was in New Orleans, I knew all the people there. Yeah. 
so it was it was it was fun because you know it was, it was like working with my friends. You don't really look at them like you know with people that are reporting to you. They're just people you know, and you work sure. with them, and you know you don't have any drama. Well, and that's a lot. Of, you know, I think there was uh, particularly in stores for for the the aughts. Like I hate that. There's no good name for the you know the zero zeros to oh nines. Yeah. Uh, but you know there was a time in that range where they they brought a lot of people in from the outside into the stores equation. And I think a lot of it was people who were Disney stores when they started closing. But they, they, they hired a lot of people from the outside and brought them in. And I, I really, you know, I think that the, the promotion from within departments was made so much more sense because people got what it was about. I mean, I remember um, uh, one of the downtown Disney uh, uh, stores people for, for World of Disney was coming out of, like, Olive Garden or something. And I was meeting him when I was doing uh, orientation and Disney University. I'm like... God, you're going to have you don't get the culture you know when you're right, in that yeah, position they don't get what it's a, about there was a whole time when that was yeah. the case we had so many people coming in from the outside and they kind of didn't get what was going on yeah, yeah but, but very then, few of those people lasted though. yeah they didn't last quick. they didn't yeah. last because they didn't quick. understand hey your your shift starts at 6 in the evening and you, you may be done at 3 or 4 in the morning you know and there were like coming out of malls where you know, nine to you, five. you go to work, yeah, nine to five, or the malls close at ten. You got to be out of there, you know. And, and they they didn't get that stuff, so those people tended not to last too long, yeah. anyways. And the um, just Mike here, sure. that's you know, yeah. things video. Yeah. Um, you know, and the other side of it though is that you know you you guys came out of the fraternity. The jungle was the bad boys, and always has been. You know, in the park all the way back to 1955, jungle was where the guys wound up who had the rebellious attitudes and who, you know, so you came out of a, a pool of people who already were, you know, a little... Yeah, you, you know, know there, there there is some truth to that, and um, fortunately the tour guides understood that as well. <laughs> <laughs> and some of the few girls who were in the parents, and, and uh, storybook girls <laughs> kind of knew, yes, yeah, they, 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 they understood, understood that we were the dudes. Yeah, and the canoe guys, um, they thought they were, but no. They were, no, no, yeah. keelboat, nothing. Uh, Muscle guys. <laughs> They just really looked like Keebler elves. Was what it was. <laughs> oh, that was a lot of fun those times. Yeah. Well, and that was were, that was in the pre uh, the pre B days before the girls invaded the jungle. Right. Well, uh, and, and you know something interesting too is when we started in '81, um, the big corporate thing hadn't happened yet right. with Eisner and that stuff. Yeah. And so Ron it was still was still in charge. Yeah. The there there were still people that we worked with who had actually had known Walt and had Walt and. And people would tell you stories right. uh, about what Walt had said. And so th- it was a lot different. It, was, it, it still had a little more glitter, a little bit more of the, the magic still was holding on. Yeah, but you know what? The company went into huge financial troubles. Budgets were cut. Oh, and yeah. Things weren't yeah. maintained. Because yeah. yeah. that's when they started yeah. that PESOP program where they started giving a stock. Because they right. were so worried about getting taken over at that time. Right. Uh-huh. Yeah. So it was, it was crazy yeah. times. Uh, so let's, you know, I... I don't want to minimize the jungle time, but it's, it's one of those rare opportunities I get, you know, being here, I get to talk to people about some of the things that were happening. In 84, of course, you know, was the strike. The 84? Yep. I 84. Still, yeah. I still yeah. have the sign. Um, yeah. So what was, I mean, if you guys want to give a little bit of background, because I don't think we really touched on the strike that much, you know, on the show. Um, you know, what was, what was the ground's view of that and what was going on with, with the union at that point? From my point of view, I was graduated from school and I was working a, at a TV station. And so for me, it didn't have a big impact because I was only working at the park on the weekends. Sure. And so my question was, do I cross the line and go and work on those weekends or do I take it off? And I remember just saying, you know what, at first I had, 
you know what, I'm just not going to, I'm just going to avoid it. I wasn't living in Orange County. I'm just not going to go to it. I won't be part of it. And I'll just stand by and watch, wait it out and see what happens. And it turned out to be okay for me. I did go walk the line one day. With me. Yeah. Uh, and, and basically, it was more like a party. It was a laugh. Yeah, you know, we, we thought it was a, a joke. And actually, I, I found it to be quite funny because I thought to myself, you know, I'm a, I'm a very conservative guy. And here I am, a teamster, walking a picket line. And I just I thought that was the funniest ding thing in yeah. the world. And I, and I thought it was even funnier. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> My dad didn't think it was so funny. Yeah, those were those were those were uh, good uh, times. But. So I walked the line one time, and then um, the whole thing got settled. And I got the threatening letter from the company saying I had to show up, or or and then everything got settled just like they did. And then, of course, everything happened exactly the way that you would think it would happen. It's, the, oh, we got this great pay raise or you know whatever and additional benefits. And the first thing we do is get a letter from the union saying our union dues had gone up. So everything that you thought that you had stroked for was completely negated by the, the fact you're paying more, by the fact you're paying more money to the union. And you know and what? it was a waste of time. That's why strikes don't work. You know I'm. <laughs> Can you tell me because they're? I, yeah. I'm, I'm very. Scores of points back there. Yeah. <laughs> No, it was a really big, it was a big deal to be working on the Jungle Cruise and then get called off to go over to work the bird show. Yeah. Because it was like, it was a holiday. yeah, it was like a holiday. I mean, you're yeah. like, you're working on jungle, you're going around, you're spilling your guts out all day long and hey, want to go over and sit in this air conditioned room instead? <laughs> oh, you just remind me of a really good story. Okay, let's hear this. There was a guy named Bill Bevan. Remember him? Oh, yeah. Gail's party? Yeah. Well, he was a Jungle Cruise guy. You know, he was with there with us the whole time. And you may have to edit his name out. But anyway, <laughs> well, he got trained on Tiki Room, and he thought that was the, the coolest thing mm-hmm. in the world. Mm-hmm. So for whatever reason, I guess he had uh, annoyed enough people that at a later employee party, <laughs> he ended up in a situation <laughs> you want to tell the rest of it. No, I don't remember this one. You tell me. This was when he was in the hot tub at Gail's party. <laughs> and uh, do you remember now? <laughs> and uh, is that the one when the cop showed up? Well, <laughs> that's when when we somebody was in there next to him in the in the in the hot tub uh-huh. and decided to uh, get angry with him, and <laughs> slap him, <laughs> and we all stood there like we were shocked that this was going to happen, but we all knew it was going to happen. <laughs> so okay, we better stop that one. <laughs> <laughs> no. so, so anyway, um, but no, Tiki was a big deal because it was a mm-hmm. it was a it was a break. It was a it was a sure. long break. Eight hours on that ride were uh, were like you know like the Mark Twain. Yeah, right. And the, but the but the tea room did not come without a penalty because you had to go over and break the uh, the treehouse. Tree yeah. <laughs> yeah, treehouse. Which was that, the the, the right. uh, we used to call it the aerobic stair climbing. Uh, yeah. Right. Yeah, and we would just stand there and listen to Swiss Capolka. Yep. For hours and hours, and you it know. gets stuck in your head. When I go down to Orlando and I hear it, it, it gets stuck in your head. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. And then if if you got a, a shift on Treehouse, that was like death, man. That was an eight-hour <laughs> death out there. <laughs> the, I remember when they, right when they had done that conversion, and they actually had characters from Tarzan um, that would, would be down. They'd have Jane, and they'd have the, the monkey Turk, or they'd have the guy dressed up as Tarzan. Actually, in the, on the bottom, it would be ninety-five, ninety-six. I, I want to say. Yeah, that was they, right I, when I left. Yeah, yeah. and the, they had the, the care, and I felt so bad for him because. That area just would bake in the summer, and oh, okay. I mean it was you know 110 degrees, and you know they had these guys out there you know on the regular rotations, but they were sweating their nuts mm-hmm. off. Oh. Uh, and for a while, they actually it was actually its own rotation on um, 
on shifts when that 95, 96, they actually had their own cast members over oh, yeah, those days. Yeah, yeah, so yeah, they, yeah we, so did, we, we did full, full eight-hour eight yeah, shift. Yeah. And, now it's, and, and now you, it's get just, your, you get your break on the Tiki realm, yeah. you know, that'd be it. What, so. Yeah, and Tiki always was, was an interesting thing for me because I felt like it was one of the last things that really had Walt's kind of feel to it. Like, because it was toward, you know, toward when he passed, because Pirates hadn't opened when he passed away, and Tiki was the last full attraction that he had opened. So the last thing that fully had his hand on it. You know, I'm going to tell you a story. Okay. This is one of the great things about the Jungle Cruise. To me, Walt Walt was a Jungle Cruise. I think, I mean, I don't know that much about it, but he really loved the Jungle Cruise. Yeah. And I was working one night, and I was there with an electrician. And this electrician was working on some lights. And he told me this story, that he was working one night on lights, digging around, and somebody said, hey, can you go, you know, fix that thing over there? And he turned around and he goes, I got so much stuff to do here, I can't do And he turned, and it was Walt. Yep. You know, and you hear, when you would hear guys tell those stories, all of a sudden you go, wow, this is, I'm really touching Walt's fingertips. And you see the pictures, I mean, we all have seen all the pictures of them all over the place. And, uh, the bird show, not so much. You know, no. I mean, I like the bird show, but... So now, when you guys were going through on the, the jungle side, um, one of the things that I, I heard like on the early days is that the, the training was relatively short. You know, two days. It was, it was two, two days. days. Two days. Now, now it's up to four to, to go through. Cause I, I, I used to be a trainer on that. Really? It's four yeah. Days? yeah, it's four, four days, days now. It's, it's, what? it's more. Well, it's, the, the ride's a lot longer. It must be like a whole 30 seconds longer. <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah, because they got rid of the hornbill and added that extra well, turf. It's, it's, actually, it's actually shorter because when, uh, when they put in Indy, it took yeah. a minute and a half off. Yeah, oh, did it? They got rid of the oh, yeah, because oh, yeah, you don't yeah, have to do it's that. Short. And the boats anymore. are longer, so the ride must be uh-huh. shorter. I don't know how that math works, actually. Uh-huh. Uh, no, no, it's, I, I just think that it's the people coming through. And I think they have to train more on the legal side, too. I think they have to really oh, yeah, say that. So it's two days what not to say in the spiel. Yeah, really. Yeah. Really? Yeah, I was a trainer on there, too. Yeah, well. So, yeah. But uh, anyway, so when you so was it, you know, was it just the two days? Just, uh, you know, here's a bunch of jokes. I mean, what was the, what was the training process? Well, I, they all had the spiel ahead of time, and we used to give them the spiel ahead of time. We had the SOP, and which we had to sign them off at the end of the day. But it was more most of it uh, was getting familiar with the Jungle Cruise, uh, the rides, where things were, what they said at what points, what the timing was, and then a lot of times was just parking the boat at the dock and being able to you know you know being able to dock, have a dock yeah. skip, yeah, yeah. Uh, that kind of stuff, show them track switches. How to derail a boat if you didn't yeah, do it yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. You know, front switch, <laughs> Dominguez switch. How to not derail the boat? Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah. The other one was, uh, which was always the fun part, was how to get on from the the rear of unload to the back storage area across the rocks. Yep. And uh, walk through there. Yeah. This yeah. before it was all before there was the actual. Yeah. Yeah. The walkway yeah, we, now. They they added. Yeah. That walkway has saved yeah. more people yeah. their pride. Oh god. Oh anything. god. We everyone about every summer somebody would slip in and, and go for a spill in there. And then the old Tahitian Terrace show. Oh, yeah, I love uh, that show. How you weren't supposed to walk back there during show times, mm-hmm. but you know, which I found out one day why that was. <laughs> <laughs> and the, and the reason was because the the very hot Polynesian girls were changing their costumes. And if Backstage. you walked out of there by yeah, accident, if you, timed, if you, you got a chance to see you, them. You, yes, you could see that. Yes. Yeah, and so it was like, I said that, huh? yes. <laughs> <laughs> that yeah, they, they did a, uh, I want to say it was last year, they did a... Uh, Revi- a one night revival of the show with the full menu. Mm-hmm. Really? Where, and yeah. it was, I think, 250 or 300 bucks per seat. 
authentic wow. uh, menu, the original menu, and they had some of the ladies who had danced there mm -hmm. came back and did their original mm. numbers. And they had merchandise, of course, all over the place. Yeah. Shag stuff. I actually, yeah. uh, Jim, you're wearing uh, one of the shag tiki room tiki shirts. Mm -hmm. I have the Jungle Cruise one. Oh, was there a the green one? one. There was yeah, a green yeah. one. It was one of the first ones that came out. So he's given to me as a gift. They are they are great, great, great shirts. Yeah. So. Yeah. So um, yeah, I mean the other thing we always kind of kick around is you know we all have our uh, our fun celebrity stories that uh, mm -hmm. that permeate our history. People we got to meet or uh, interact with in fun ways. I uh, Couple, I have one. This is, this is actually just about my very favorite um, Jungle Cruise stories. It was an evening. Well, it was a probably late afternoon evening. And uh, the tour guides, in those days, you didn't get many people back door. They had to, you know, had to really know somebody. So I come around. I'm skipper of one of the boats. And um, there's a tour guide there. And there's an elderly lady. And some kids are obviously her grandkids. And maybe like their parents or something, right? So, we, you know, I'm, I thought, I'm thinking, oh, this tour guide's pretty cute. I better do a good job on this. <laughs> so, so. Typical. <laughs> <laughs> I don't care about the old lady. <laughs> so we take off out in the jungle, and I do my spiel. And instead of the usual, just kind of, you know, doing what you do, I, you know, I kind of really did a good, good spiel. So we come back around, unload, and they all get out. And this elder lady comes up to me. She shakes my hand, and she says, I really enjoyed that. It was very funny, and, you know, we had a good time and everything. She gets out, and the kids get out. And tour guy gets out, and I'm thinking, oh, okay, great, you know, didn't think about anything about it. I go out, finish out my ship. The next day, I run into the tour guide, which I thought would be a good opportunity for me to talk to her. <laughs> and I said, hey, by the way, I go, who was that that elderly lady? Actually, I don't think I called her an elderly lady, but I go, who was that lady that was <laughs> yeah. on board? And she said, that was Dolores Hope. Bob, Bob Hope's wife. I thought, well, shit, if I can uh, make Bob Hope's wife laugh, then I'm all right. You know, I can do this job. <laughs> I, had heard a, I had heard a similar story I haven't shared. It's someone who didn't want to come on the podcast, but it worked um, Worked in the 80s. I'll, I'll talk about it. But anyway, so he was like, yeah, there was this really you know, cute tour guide and someone who I'd wanted to like hook up with for sure. a long time. So he's doing the whole trip, and he's like flashing winks over to her, and he's like, you know, pretty much slipping her the phone number. And she's got a, a VIP tour of an old, an old lady and two two guys in security guard, and he's like just so fixated on her and cracking, you know, like doing his best thing Absolutely. and really going out yes. there. Uh -huh. It was uh, Nancy Reagan and uh, and two <laughs> Secret Service guys, <laughs> and the guy was oblivious for like a week Is until it? until the tour guide came back over and basically called him an idiot for trying to hit on on him in front of the first lady of the U.S. But that's, that's not what we, that's what we did. That's what we did. I mean, tour man. guys inspired our best spiels. Yes. Was, hey, in those days, Cinder Crawford could come onto the boat, but if the... Fair game. Well, you have more of a chance with the tour guide. That's yes, important because yeah. it's a workplace thing, so... <laughs> What's your celebrity story? You got to have a good celebrity story. All my celebrity stories were Splash Mountain. They were after the fact. Michael Jackson, all that stuff was. Oh uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And so, that was Thunder. Michael Jackson was Thunder. And then uh, Henry Winkler was uh, Frontier Shooting. Well, and it doesn't have to be. It doesn't have to be Jungle. I mean, it just if it's a fun story, it's a fun story. Yeah. Well, most of them were just you know they were there and they were nice. It wasn't yeah. any, anything. It didn't have yeah. any. Yeah, I, I don't remember any celebrities being yeah. jerks. Michael Jackson was very nice. Yeah. yeah. You know, Barbara Streisand. Whether that was fun or not, uh, <laughs> but uh, that she, she's one I remember. But uh, 
Yeah, no, no, no real fun. I have another story here. somewhere on the podcast about um, Bette Midler was on one of the boats, mm-hmm. and we're, they're getting into unload, and she grabs the microphone for the skipper from the skipper mm-hmm. as they're coming around Trader Sam's, and she's like, "He's fantastic!" And like she's literally grabbing the microphone and pulling it away from him uh-huh. to have everyone on the boat give the skipper a round of applause, uh-huh. and he nice. was mortified. Yeah, they pull a microphone back from uh, Bette Midler. Right? Yeah. They don't. yeah exactly. No. <laughs> Yeah, we had a lot of those fun times. So, any other any other uh, standout moments that you want to put down for posterity? Well, <laughs> go ahead, Jim. <laughs> See, I told you I was going to let you tell that story yourself, but I can I can embellish on it later. This is I swear to God, this is the truth. Okay. Um, about maybe eighty three or eighty four, and we would kind of party on Saturday nights. So Sunday morning, as usual. I, I come in and I'm hanging. It's bad. And in those days, the parking lot was out front, mm-hmm. right? Yep. And you look up at the. Um, see, guys. See, guys. You, you look up at the monorail guy going by, and you think, "Oh my God, if I could just be on the monorail instead of having to go spill all day on a Sunday morning, they're all hanging." Well, what happened was I wasn't just hanging. I had some food poisoning too. So I'm out spilling. I go out. It's like nine it's in the morning. We know nine in the morning. And I tell the lead, I think it was Ch- Chapman, maybe. Yeah. I go, hey, can what I ER today? I go, I, I just don't feel well. I go, I'll go out and do a few trips, and you'll be, you'll be all right. Okay, great. So I go out. <laughs> I go out. I, come, I swear to God, this is the truth. I come around by the uh, Native Indians, the Native guys, not the Native Indians, the Natives guys. Yeah, that would have been the Mark Twain. Yeah, that would have been Mark Twain. I've had a couple of drinks already. <laughs> and I start puking. And I'm puking over the side of the boat, and the whole boat, of course, just goes silent. And I come around the corner from Trader Sam, and the guys are standing there at the dock, and they look at me, and I've got my head hanging over on the uh. the, the side of the boat. It's <laughs> <laughs> part of the speed. <laughs> And I pull up to the dock, and people are just going, "Oh my God, is the guy gonna die?" And I'll just never forget this. The guys are like they're unloading the guests, and I'm, I'm they're getting um, pixie dust to put on the bow of the boat because there's puke everywhere. And I got to grab my microphone, and I said, "Well, what do you think of this, folks? You paid twelve bucks to watch some guy puke all over his boat." Because <laughs> that's what admission uh. was. That's how I remember what admission was. <laughs> and the lead came up. He goes, "I think you can go home." I go, "Okay, all right, I'm out of here." I, I really wanted there to be a backside of vomit. Punchline oh, somewhere in there. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, well, I did it. I did it. Yeah, that was a good I, one. I think my only one was when I uh, kind of was surprised at Sweatshirt Falls. Um, a big, one of the big jokes, if you get away with it, was to take a box of bubbles and stick it in the uh, pumps. Oh, you take it off? Bye. That fed uh, Sweatshirt Falls. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, what happens is as a result of that, you have bubbles that are a mile high and they end up all over the jungle cruise. I know okay. I saw you on so, the Okay, all right. Okay, connect with me. Okay. Hey. Hey. Sorry. Sorry. We have, we're in all editing. Yeah. You interviewing stuff? Yeah. Yeah, we're about to wrap it up. Okay. Hey, it was fun chatting with you earlier, too. Nice job talking to you, too. Did you want one of the cards with all the podcasts in there? Yeah. Great. So, yeah, no, the bubbles thing has been running around for. Ed, 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 yeah. Ed, told, Ed told the big story about um, how uh, Main Street restaurants. How they had new people and didn't know not to dump their sudsy floor water with all the soap into oh, right. the into the, the right. water at the boat storage mm-hmm. stuff. Right. 
yeah, those, that, those things happen on a yeah. regular, fairly regular. Yeah. Well, it's it's funny when you're spilling and you yeah. don't know it's there, yeah. <laughs> and your boat uh, hits a wall of bubbles. Yeah. I was, I was, it was a night shift, and I can't remember who it was who did it. But you know, usually when people are last. So here I am at night, and you know, in those days, I don't know if they have more lights out there, but that was a period when it was pretty it was dark. dark. It was, it was dark. pretty damn dark. Yeah. And, and I wasn't one to turn the outside lights on the boat. I used to use the right. spotlight right. because that way I could focus where the guests were looking when I was talking. Right. So I just got past the squirter, and I'm looking toward the guest, and I'm, you know, going toward <laughs> the indie, the, the gorilla camp, uh-huh. and, and all of a sudden. <laughs> <laughs> like, what? So I've got the microphone. What the fuck? <laughs> and then I start laughing because I realize what happened, and the guests are all looking at me on the boat like, "Is this guy? What's, what's going on it's like here?" A John John Carpenter movie where you're coming oh, into the fog. Oh, that was, that yeah. was crazy, yeah. man. And then it was I was buried in bubbles mm-hmm. until we got around past the uh, I, I don't think it was till we got to the bull elephant mm-hmm. that I was out of bubbles and yeah. then it was just you know then I knew I had to go back through it so that that was pretty pretty crazy but, uh, I have a uh, later on in the later 80s I was a lead out on Jungle and um, the ride had been down for three or four weeks or something so I was going to be the opening lead that night and we were supposed to open around seven or something and it just wasn't happening see you guys and um, it just wasn't happening there was a the hippos weren't working and stuff, and so, um, so maybe maybe it was earlier than that. So, anyways, uh, the engineer comes out to work on the hippos, but he needs somebody to flag the, the little sensor, the little light sensors, to make the hippos come up and down. So, my buddy Dave and I were both leads, and I said, Dave, look, I'll go out and sit on the island and flag this thing for the guy. Until you get some working, because you couldn't open the ride if the hippos weren't working. That was a primary show element. And so I'm sitting on the island, and and the guy's out, and his waiter's working on the thing. And it's getting to be about nine o'clock or so. And the um, what was the name of the the what was the juice bar thing? It was across the street. Oh, uh, the Sunkist. Uh, it wasn't. It was a Sunkist. I presume. I it was. Presume. A, I presume. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Before it became the Bengal barbecue. Right. Right. And so those over there were pretty cute too. And so. I'm sitting out Notice there the on the island. Yes. <laughs> I'm sitting out on the island. And Me- here me- memory is so selective. Yeah. Yes. And Dave comes cruising up in the skiff. And he goes, hey, look what I got. <laughs> What's that? He goes, He's got a bag full of hot dogs and those donuts. The girls had closed the thing down. Oh, the and the jungle The jungle jumps. And they, would, and they bring it over to us. And I'm sitting on the island flagging the hippos, eating hot dogs. And I'm going, this is the best job in the world. <laughs> God, I forgot about those things, man. <laughs> the girls would show yeah. up with those things with the big because, bag yeah, on Yeah, every dogs. night they had to get rid of the extras yeah. they have. Uh-huh. They'd, give, they'd come out of the dock and give them to oh, us. Yeah. Oh, that was we, cool. we did that. Well, we, I had a, a friend who was working at the churro carts, and they always had, you know, half a dozen or so that they, had, they were going to have to toss out, and they accounted for them. But I would take them home, and I would make bread pudding out of them. Because mm. the churro bread pudding, you'd dice them up and put in with sure. the egg batter, yeah, best yeah, thing yeah, in the world. Yeah, so. it's good. Not a Disneyland price. No, huh? Yeah, no, not at all. So, not at all. Oh, the what else you got, man? You had to watch out for the spiders out there, though. If you're out there yeah. on, on the spiders. islands. Oh, yeah, we get those big those spiders. spiders. Huge. Did, did you ever take the ammo and throw them at the spiders? You, have you ever heard of this? No. Oh, uh, well, you know, on the front of the boat, you have your little box. Yeah, you spent <laughs> ammo. I spent the whole and trip throwing ammo. <laughs> I know. And so you'd go by, you see these big, big-ass big spiders in the trees, and you take your spent ammo. And, and th- that was, you're spewing, you know, oh, yeah, over there's a hippo, and you're like... Trying to throw your spent ammo and knock the spider out of his web. 
and the and the spent ammo was good for a lot of side jokes because I used to. Yep. And I'd come around and I'd go, okay, come up, squirt. And he'd do it, and then he'd go down and throw it. Like, <laughs> like, like, like it was a peanut. And I then had nights when you know, uh-huh. you're just really out of it. And you, every uh-huh. every animation you triggered, you'd go, okay, squirter, come on, and oh, yeah. squirt the water. And he'd do it, and you'd go, all right, there you go. And you'd throw it. And, uh, and <laughs> old smiley, everything. <laughs> the supervision would always say, don't throw your spent ammo into the, to the river. And, God, you go by the canoe, you know, the war canoe, and it would just be filled <laughs> full, full of ammo. Full, full of ammo. Uh-huh. Did you ever have a shootout? Yeah, uh, God. Yeah, we'd wait. I'd wait for other. We, well, you did too. We'd wait, wait for boats and the hippos, and we'd start yeah. shooting at each other. Right, and start shooting each other two shots at a yeah. time. Because in those days, we could. And I heard you can't do this now. We used to aim uh-huh. the guns at the hippos. Yeah. Oh yeah, they, we'd aim at each other. It's each other. Well, now, yeah. Now you can't even shoot the gun, right? Well, no, no, <laughs> no. The issue is, and the reason why they have you fire into the air is the canopy cuts the shock wave from the explosion, so it doesn't get as loud for the gas. Mm-hmm. So you, if you go up high, the canopy kind of muffles it a little bit. But if you shoot here, there's nothing back. And and because everyone that goes on the ride is a wuss, basically, at this point. Right, yeah. Because so, lawyers. Yeah. I blame lawyers for everything. Yeah, yeah. We, have to, we have to get into the No, we actually shoot the hippos. Screw yeah. it. So, yeah. yeah, next in time fact, we go, you get the boat ahead in, of me. We'll in wait. fact, our friend Doug, and this needs to go down in prosperity. Prosperity is, is the one who shot the hippos with live ammo? Oh no, I don't, no, I've never no, heard that. No, that's that's yeah. that, that was Ed was telling me about that. That there was someone last day who brought in a live round and actually plugged one of the hippos and. and no, I've never th- heard this, that. Oh, somebody put the brass. Oh, yeah, I they remember they put the, the red brass. Because someone there. actually brought in an actual round mm-hmm. and actually put a hole in the forehead of one of the hippos mm-hmm. on oh. his last day. Wow, mm-hmm. I don't know that. Um, Some Yeah. Yep. You were talking about Doug. Oh, Doug. Doug coined the phrase when he wanted to, uh, when it was time to go to the restroom, yep. he said, I have to go shoot the hippo. <laughs> there's, it's funny, there's euphemisms for bathroom breaks on every single attraction. Oh, yeah. the, the, the splash one is, I've got... <laughs> yeah, yeah, I remember that one. Every, everyone's got their own everyone's bathroom break. Yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah. Well, so. guys, hey, I, I don't want to go, you know, no, no, no. Like, no. so here's what I want. If you, if you can go find two other people... Bring sure. him back. Yeah, okay. I'll let you guys pick who you want to who you want to okay. swing back this way. Right. Yeah, we'll have to see who's left. Yeah. yeah. Right. Well, guys, guys no, thank you so much. Hey, thank you. I always, yeah, it was good. Yeah, I always appreciate yeah. getting the, now get, the diverse yeah. viewpoints. Yeah, I, got, yeah. I got a got a million millions of stories. Yeah. So some other time. I always happy to sit down and uh, over coffee or drinks or whatever. And mm-hmm. I'm, I mean, I'm in Pasadena now, but I come down. Oh God, okay. the other guys look close to me. I know. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, man. I'm, I'm all